How long you in town for? Uh, I'll be here for a couple of weeks. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'll be here for a couple of weeks. Nice. Uh, Rapidly, the first episode yeah, is tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, yeah. yeah. I was telling B I might pull up. I saw they were at the uh, Boombox joint last night. Yeah, I was uh, actually performed there. Oh, word? I opened it up. I was the first person to perform there last night. Oh, dope, It's dope, a really man. nice floor, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, See, looks it, look, it looks fire. It looks fire. The sound was great. Lighting was cool. Yeah. Like, you know, for Richmond hip-hop, like, it's nice to have something that's kind of compact. Right, where yeah. You, where you feel the energy. Yes. Instead of being yes. so spread out. Yeah, for sure. Yo, what up, y'all? This your boy, Mad Skills, VA all day, and I am on Liner Notes. I, I. This man needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. On today's episode, we're talking to Skills, Virginia's most decorated hip-hop legend. He stopped by here RVA studio to tell us what's going on with his podcast, Hip Hop Confessions, what it's like looking at hip hop now at the 50th anniversary, and what's behind the rap beef with Shaquille O'Neal. Find out from Mad Skills next on Liner Notes. Welcome to Liner Notes, where we let Richmond artists tell you about their music, their inspirations, and how they make the soundtrack to the city of Richmond, Virginia. First, I just want to say thank you for stopping by. Nah, man, thank you. You, you are a, a, a hip-hop legend, but a Richmond legend. Thank you. Um, I've been listening to your stuff for a long time, so for me, like, this is a real treat uh, for you to be here in, in the studio it. and sitting on yeah, uh, sitting nah, man, set. I appreciate it, bro. I wanted to talk to you because you are, actually, you're the second person in this season of Liner Notes that has their own day in Richmond. But oh, yours wow. just passed on the 13th, yes. Mad Skills Day. Right. What were you doing to celebrate Mad Skills Day? Uh, I actually... Um, I didn't really have anything planned per se, like proper. So I woke up that morning and I was like, I didn't really want the day to go by without doing something. So I, I went out, uh, bought a bunch of gift cards, and then I just went live on Instagram and I just walked around Richmond and just gave people money at black businesses. And, the, the, you know, the stick was, you know, you got to tell me the name of one of my songs. And... um. So I figured it was a way to, you know, to support some of the black businesses in Richmond and it's Black History Month. Um, so, yeah. So next year, I'll probably do something proper. Like, but I didn't I never really wanted a day to be about me anyway. And then like last year, we just had like a live podcast. People came and asked questions and the mayor came out. But I'm like, there's got to be something else that can happen for the people in the community. And uh that was super cool, man, just to see the looks on people's faces. Because it, it was funny because I was going live and people were like, well, how much money is it? And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, all right. Well, stay wherever you at. You know what I mean? But if you're close, you yeah. know somebody, send them down here. Yeah, you know I was, I mean? I was uh, I'd send it to Max over there because he lives down around that way. And I was like, yo, if you're not doing nothing. Yeah, right. hey, man, free money, man. Right. You what was mean? what was the uh, the answer, like the song title that somebody gave you that you didn't expect them to give you? Uh, somebody named Palm Trees, which was a, a song that... Uh, I wrote for my son uh, that my son is actually on. And um, he was like, that was one of my favorite songs. And that was from the project I dropped in uh, 2018, the one that had In A Minute on it. Nice. And um, yeah, he was like palm trees. And I was like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? But a lot of people said, nah, factor, move your body. But palm trees caught me. And I was like, oh, wow, like, he's a real head. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's always going to be one that's like, you dug deep. Yeah, you were on yeah, the B yeah, side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you at the end of the last album. Like, that's the last song on the last album. So. Should have gave that guy two gifts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was super cool, man. Shout out to him. Oh, man, that's dope. But 
you were you're also been busy, man. You were out at the Grammys recently. Yeah. And that, they were celebrating hip hop. Yeah. Celebrating hip hop's 50th year. Like, yeah. what does that feel like? I mean, for the culture to be around as long as it has, you really got to think about how, how many lives it's impacted and changed. Like, just to see it, the art form, just to see it, you know, people be able to express themselves through music and, and to be able to watch this thing that we love get older and evolve and change. And, you know, and I just think it's super dope, man, like to watch it become what it's become. And, um, and you know, a lot of people sometimes they say like, oh, you know, well, what they doing ain't hip hop and they need to call it something else. And I'm like, man, listen, it's all, it's all self-expression. You know what I mean? Like, you know, our parents didn't like what we was listening to when we was doing it too. And, and now those are the same songs that get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And you know what I mean? So, you know, my mom was, my mom was in the next room listening to me listen to Fuck the Police. <laughs> so... You know, and now look at NWA. You know what I mean? They're, they're revered as like a, a a group to change history. You know, my mom didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like, she was just like, it's a lot of curse words. Like, yeah. And they're saying, fuck law enforcement. Like, are you serious? And I'm like, all right, well, let's get some headphones. But it's jamming. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the iconic song. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Like, Hip-hop being 50 years old to me is crazy. But I wanted to get your perspective because I think, like, you in particular are, are like a linchpin in hip hop. Like you, obviously you're connected to all the Virginia artists from very early on. Right. Like you came out before Missy and Timberland right. and connected with them. But you're also like tapped into Detroit and New York and Philadelphia. Right. Like how are you able to move through so many, you know, circles? Um, just from being from here and, and, and just putting a, you know, putting a, a stake in, the, in, the, in, the, in this city, in this, this state, you know, I always wanted to branch out to see. It started with I want to see if I'm if I'm good as my homies are telling me I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. So imagine being in your classroom and you rap and everybody's like, "Yo, you dope," and I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." Like, y'all wouldn't tell me if I was whack anyway. Like, we we I know you since the fourth grade. You know what I mean? And then you go out and you win a citywide talent show, and you're like, "Okay, cool." Like, maybe I, I got something here. Yeah. And then you know you go out and to a, something else in another state and, and people are like, yo, you killed it, you dope. And then you start thinking like, maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I've always felt like, you know, if you can play ball or, or you, you know, you want to shoot hoops, you don't want to know if you're the best in your rec center. You want to know if you can go to the league. You know what I mean? So yeah. you keep going out and you keep competing. And I just kept, I just kept throwing darts and some of them just stuck. Who was the artist or the, the MC that, that you were working with or paired with where you finally felt like, all right, I've, I've met the elite level, I'm at the elite level and I kind of fit here? Mm. There's a few of them. Dr. Dre, but first it was Q-Tip. You know what I mean? When, when Q-Tip told me I was dope, you couldn't tell me shit. Like, I'm like, this is tribe, this is, in 93, after People's Indistinctive Travels, after Low End Theory, in between Low End Theory and Midnight Marauders, which some people hail as probably one of the greatest East Coast albums of all time, right? So the only thing out is award tour, which the video is up, but nobody's heard the album. And I meet this guy and he asks me for my phone number and says like, yo, you're dope. And then I come home and he's already left a message on my answer machine 
in his class. It's Q-tip. Like, he has more, one of the most distinctive voices you've ever heard. So when I hear it, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, my life could change yeah. from this phone call. And he was like, how, how far do you live from Hampton, Virginia? I want you to come to the show. And I'm like, all right. I'm guessing I'm just going to come to the show. I go to the show. He brings me up on stage. And he, when we was in the dressing room, he was like, yo, spit that joint, you know what I'm saying? Spit that joint, you spit in the A, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right. And he pulls me up on stage, and I'm literally rapping over the instrumental to God Lives Through at Hampton University before Midnight Marauders even comes out. So nobody even knows what yeah. that beat is. They oh, just my think God, it's so yes, oh, my God. Like, they don't even know what that is yet. And I'm rapping over that. And... I'm just like, this is crazy. This is my life. This is crazy. And then I go back to work at the VCU parking deck, and somebody's like, yo, didn't I see you on stage with Tribe Saturday night? And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, this is really happening. You know yeah. what I mean? And then he would call me again. Like, yo, how far you live from UVA? Can you make it up to Mary Washington? And I'm like, I can go wherever you say go. Right. And then I just became that guy. I just pull up, and they would just let me rap. And he changed my life. I'm like, I'll never, I could never repay him for just him putting me out there. Cause you gotta understand, like, this is like going viral before viral. And this is when a, a cosign meant something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he was literally saying, go out there and do your thing. And it was mind blowing to me. When I think about it, it's almost like when you're creating history, you don't really know that you're creating it. You're just doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so you look back at it and you're like, wow, we really did that. You know what I mean? Like, so those are those are the times, man, that just still mind blowing to me. That's incredible. I mean, just speaking of another moment where like it's you have to reflect on like what you did. Um, I think you had written a post uh, after you did Jay-Z's Hall of Fame induction yeah. video yeah. Where, where a friend was like, you're not normal. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like, my homeboy Gavin. <laughs> how, like, how do you come across that, that, that opportunity to write that? And then how much pressure did you feel, <laughs> you know, writing Hove lyrics? Um, Questlove called me and he said, uh, I, need, I need a favor. And I'm like... Of course. And he's like, you don't even know what it is. And I'm like, it don't matter. Like, what you need? He's like, I need I need Hove's whole catalog, his best lines in rhyme form. And I was like, all right. And he was like, yeah, I need it in nine days. And I'm like, what? First of all, I didn't even understand what he was talking about. Right. Like, right? So... In 93, I went to Stretch and Bobito with Q-Tip, and I did this rhyme. And this rhyme was a smorgasbord of everybody else's rhyme. And I'm saying this rhyme, and it's all of the hot songs and the titles. And I'm saying, M-E-T-H-O-D, man, and Booyaka. I'm saying all the hot lines from everybody's song, and I put them into one verse. And Q-Tip is like, say that joint. Say the same joint you said down there and I'm like all right cool and I say it and then the next day everybody know everybody starts going who is this kid that, that Q-Tip has that Rami spit last night was dope where he was 
putting everything together from the Beat Nuts to Wu-Tang Clan. That shit is hot. So imagine you do that in 93 and then somebody calls you in 2022 and say, I need you to do that again. Wow. For this. So, <laughs> and, and this is not, this is not me. You know what? Now, fuck that. This is a flex. Because imagine calling Michael Jordan now. Right. And saying, yo, I need you to jump from the foul line again. <laughs> 20 years later. And he's like, I can't fucking do that. Yeah. Get it, lead yeah. that shit to LeBron and you know, I can't I can't jump from the foul line no more. They're like, nah, nah, you can't. So imagine doing something so well that somebody calls you 20 years later as you do it again. So back to the Jay-Z thing. That's what he was ask, asking me to do. So he tells me about it and he's like, they're inducting Jay-Z into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And you can't tribute Jay-Z. We can't put an artist on stage and have them do Can't Knock the Hustles. He's gonna be like, really? This, this is y'all think of me? So y'all went and got this rapper and that rapper. And wow, he barely even knows the words. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, it never turns so, out well. So Questlove has become the person that the people who don't know about hip hop contact to make the hip hop thing look cool. Because the roots never let us down right. when it's a tribute for hip-hop. They're the go-to. So he's like, what y'all should do is take all of his lines and we're going to get actors and act, you know, athletes and people to say all of his lines. And he's like, I need you to write it. And I'm like, okay. He's like, I need it in nine days. I'm like, fuck my life. What do you mean you need it? He's like, I need it in nine days. And... I start working on it, and I, I'm like, I, I like, I'm pen and paper. I'm, I literally write it down, and I'm reading his books, and, and I'm a Jay Z fan, so you know, certain things I remember. Can't knock the hustle, and right. you know what I mean. Fucking, it's about to go down, like, and all this shit. So then I start writing it, and it was supposed to be Beyonce was supposed to say the whole thing, and Beyonce was like, I don't want to say it by myself. Like, can we just get other people? So then we got other. They started getting other people to do the lines. Jay has no clue this is gonna happen. And Beyonce came up with the idea, I believe, to have Blue Carter go last. So Blue was supposed to say a line that Jay, so you're literally watching your child on the teleprompter say one of your verses where it's a curse word in the verse. And you're going, I know my kid is not about to curse in front of the rock and roll hall. So that's probably a reason why Jay was like, you know what I mean? Like, and then he leans over and he starts laughing. He's like, wow, because she did the last line. Right. So then the entendres become double entendres for who says the line, right? So you write the line and Dave Chappelle was supposed to say, they say words are a weapon. So when I shoot me to death in less than eight seconds. And Oprah was supposed to say, I'm still spending money from 88. Obama was supposed to say, I will not lose. When David Letterman said, I keep one eye open like CBS, I lost my shit because I was like, it's so straight. I, and, he, and he goes, you want me to say it like this? And they like say it just like that. And he's like, I feel like the, the most uncoolest person doing this whole tribute. Yeah. And we're going, if you say this line just like that, you're going to be the coolest person on this whole <laughs> tribute. So for, for, for Jay to see... David Letterman say, I keep one eye open like CB. Like, to know what that means, that double entendre, and then to have the one guy who's famous from CBS say it. Yeah. 
like it went off without a hitch. And um, so it pops off. And I didn't go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I didn't go to the telecast, actually. Uh, I said, I hit, I'm hitting Quest Love. And I'm like, yo, how'd it go? He was like, yo, it was crazy. Like, everybody loved it. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, Jay's about to hit you. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, Jay's about to hit you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right, cool. So then I, it's like, it's like uh, three in the morning. And then I wake up in the morning, I have a text from Jay-Z, like saying, thank you. Wow. And I'm bugging because I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> like, so he ran up on Quest Love and I was like, yo, how did you do this? And he was like, I, I know, he, he goes, I know motherfuckers, man. <laughs> and he's like, yo, who wrote this shit? Who, who did? He was like, skills. He's like, he's like, mad skills? He's like, from VA? He was like, yeah. he was like, man, give me his number. And he fucking texts me. I have it framed in the studio. Like, I, who, who gets a message from Jay saying thank you? You know what I mean? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he hit me and, um, and I just, I, I, I took the text message and I framed it. Cause I'm like, the MC in me, the, the, Cause I'm usually a humble person, but not when I'm rapping. Cause that just didn't work. When I rapped, I was never humble. Yeah. But um. Doesn't go well at battles. Yeah. Um. Not in rap battles, and that's what I come from. So. Yeah, like, I was just thinking to myself. I was like, I I said it in a in a verse the other day. Like I was like, um, damn, I fuck. I wrote for Jay Z, Beyonce, and Blue Ivy, and Jay Z texted me and said thank you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Not not wrote no songs for Jay or you know wrote a letter. I never ghost wrote for Jay Z, but to to write something for him with his wife and his child involved, and for him to hit me and say thank you, man, that was beautiful. And he actually tweeted. He was like, "Yo, whoever put that video package together, like I'm literally gonna cry in the car." Like it touched him. You know what I mean? And so that's special, man. Yeah, man. I, I, listen, bro. Like I, that's I still can't believe that happened either. So I don't blame you, man. That might that might take a while to sit in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's a beautiful thing that you know Questlove knew that he could reach out to you and you could deliver on something like that. That right. you would take the time to to really, really do it. And it and it happened fast. You know what I mean? It happened quick. But uh, it happened. So Hey, wow. I hope you're enjoying this cool music. We put it here to transition from one part of the conversation to another because maybe we messed up in the middle or like, you know, there was this part that, you know, like maybe I spilled tea or something. But anyway, enjoy this cool music while we get back to the interview. Uh, something that took a lot longer in your career, 20 years, was the wrap-up. Right. We didn't have a wrap-up this last year. Right. Was there anything that caught your eye that would have made it to the wrap-up had had you had I made one? Had you made one? Um, yeah, Kanye definitely would have been in that motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I probably would have spared no mercy. He he probably would have got no mercy from me. But um, him, you know, Trump still being around, still kind of hanging around. Uh, Kardashians, of course. Um, just anytime somebody do something stupid, you know what I mean? Like just put it down. Just I never. And what's so crazy is sometimes it's so stupid I don't even need to write it down. I would definitely remember it in December. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like Kanye went all year, and you're just like, yeah, okay, all right, I got you. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was a few things that probably would have made it had I made a song, but I didn't, and you know it, it is what it is. What'd you do with all your free time? 
I had I had one of the best Decembers I've had in 15 years. Wow. Because what what people don't understand about the wrap up is it's I always tell people music music don't care about pressure. Right? So my family, everybody that's close to me knows in December, just leave him the fuck alone. Cause he's not going he's working on that thing he does. It's, and, and I have to start it. I usually start right around Black Friday because I can sit down and try to write it and nothing happens. You know what I mean? Like, so music don't care. I can't go, okay, Christmas is over. The kids had their gifts. Everything's fine. You know, I'm going to start writing this song tonight. It's right. the 26th. And then the 29th, I'm like, fuck, I don't have anything. So I have to start so, so far ahead of time. And some days I might sit down and I might write two bars and then I might not write another anything for two weeks. And then one day on December 13th, I might sit down and write 48 bars, 100 bars, and they all be dope. Or half of them are trash. So that's what I'm saying when I say music don't care about pressure. Yeah. I can't sit there and go, yeah, I'm, I'm so good that I can just do this overnight. Because then you know what's going to happen? You're going to hear it, and then you're going to go, yo, it sounds like he just threw this shit together. Like, like I could do that. Yeah, it sounds like he <laughs> just threw this shit together in like a couple of days. Yeah. Like, and I never wanted it to be like that. And I never wanted people to hear it and hear that I wasn't into it anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I was like, let me stop before people start going, yo, man, it sounded like you just dialed it in. It didn't even sound like you wanted to do the joint. Because it was a lot of pressure, bro. Yeah. And, and and the thing about that song, man, is people don't care what's going on in my personal life. They're just like, what's up with the song? Like, I could literally post a car totaled on 95 on December 16th, and people be like, yeah, you all right? A car's totaled? Yeah, yeah, I'm about close call. The car's total, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, cool. Are we still getting the song, though? <laughs> your, your right hand's still good? Right. Like, did you hurt your arm? And it's almost like they would start a trying to A&R me through the internet. Like, yo, I think you should do it over Kendrick, though. I'm going to need that to happen. And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, you do, you do realize this is not my phone number. This is social media. Hey, skills, I'm going to need at least 80 bars on that joint, skills, or, or it's an L for me, bro. Who are you? <laughs> like, do, do you, like, when we were downstairs, we were talking about how, you know, hip-hop was, and it's been around for 50 years. I didn't have, I didn't have the, the tools to reach out to fucking run DMC and go, Y'all should put some Nikes on sometimes, though, bro. Everybody's wearing Jordans, and y'all still wearing fucking Adidas? Come on, Come on man. <laughs> like, I couldn't do that. You know what I mean? I couldn't yeah. do that. So, you know, don't get me wrong. So I love it when it works. When it, I love social media when it works. Like, Monday, it worked perfectly. I went out in the city, and I just gave money to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it works. But when people start feeling like, because I have your at, I know you. I can tell you what to do. It's like, nah, you can't. <laughs> this doesn't really work like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I'm very accessible, man. Like, I never really, I never really feel like people are ever invading my space because they're like, yo, I listen to your music, man. I know you, and I'm like, all right, cool, bet. But it is a a small distance yeah. between that. So you know, you just gotta 
you gotta be careful, man. But I got to a point where the wrap up, I was just like, I'm gonna stop before it get corny. And to some people, they probably like, yo, it was corny five years ago, so you should have been quit. That's cool. That's your opinion. You know yeah. what I mean? But also, you kind of sometimes people don't really know what they have until they miss it. Sure. Yeah, so you I'm just like, take things for granted. right. I'm like, now y'all can have all of the all of the other people that did them. Y'all can enjoy those. And people are like. Them shits was whack skills. I'm like, I told you they was whack in 2017, but you ain't believe me. Right. So now, that's all you got. So now you can just eat steak for dinner every night. There's no more balance of a meal. Just keep eating steak. Nobody wants to do that. Shouldn't give you a heart attack. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so after you've done the wrap up a few times, right? Mm -hmm. You're on your three, four, five. Like, how long did it take you to really? start using that and marketing the rest of your music around that or planning the rest of your music out knowing oh, that this joint was going to hit maybe like oh three by oh three yeah. by oh three oh four i started in oh two by like oh three oh four i was like yeah let's just everybody wants this song let's put it around this or put it on this mixtape or put it at the end of this mixtape I, I knew early on it, it was a a branding tool and then when social media kicked in that it was something that could keep keep my names in, in, in people's mouths. Like, I know how that shit works. You know what I mean? Like, I can go viral tomorrow if I wanted to. I know how to do it. But is it genuine? You know what I mean? Like, right. then you, I get to a point where it's almost like, as long as we have something else to give people. I, like I said, like even when you hit me, I usually don't even do interviews unless I have something to promote. Right. But I'm like, you know. You got a lot to say. People still want to hear about things. So, yeah, but just watching it and seeing how it organically grew into something else. And what the only thing that would really kill me about it was people would hit me and they would have stories behind it. And they were like, yo, you have to do the song. Like, like I was talking earlier, like people just telling you how, how you got to do it. I'm like, you have to do the songs because you can't do it. I'm like, w w why not? And one dude told me, he was like, no, you got to understand. Like, my son lives in Pennsylvania. I drive up after Christmas, right around New Year's, and I pick him up and I bring him back to Virginia and he stays for the month with me. And I was like, okay, cool. And he was like, our drive down, we listen to the wrap up together. He was like, and that's been our ritual for 15 years. He was like, when I started, my son was this age. He, like, and he sent me a picture, he's like, look how old he is now. He's, he's 17 and I'm just like, wow. You know what I mean? That, yeah. Those kind of stories, I was like, damn, like, that's something, that's that's a son and, and a father bonding over something that I created. So those type of messages would kind of give me the, the the courage and the, like, all right, you got to finish this. Like, finish it strong. Put your best foot forward. And You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and you can't satisfy everybody. You know what I mean? Like, some people would be like, oh, why you didn't put so-and-so in it? And I'm like, because, uh, because I ain't want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or... I remember one year, I remember the year that Kanye and Kanye and Kim Kardashian had Northwest, and it was a big deal. It was like, oh, you know, Kanye and Kim finally had a kid. His name was, her name is Northwest. Da, da, da. And the same year, Wiz Khalifa and Amber Rose had a baby. And I'm sitting there going, like, who's fucking baby am I going to mention? Because it's not about to be a baby song. I'm not about to do a bunch of babies. Then I'm like, it's Northwest, Northwest. And I'm like, it's pop culture, so I kind of got to mention it and I did but I was like damn I kind of want to say congratulations to Wiz and Amber Rose on the birth of a child like yeah. that's super dope 
You know what I mean? Like it's almost like you ever seen somebody die and then something happened and you're like, damn. It's like we forgot all about that person passing away. You know what I mean? Like yeah. because we're so prone to just what's next and reporting shit first. You know what I mean? That sometimes we get lost. So I feel you. Hey cool boy. How are you so cool? Wow, that is like a very big compliment. Thank you so much. But the answer is quite simple, my darling cool girl. The answer is, like, I've just been reading the blog content from herehappyhead.com. Have you ever seen this? Well, let me just tell you, they have all the things. They have interviews with really good artists and interviews with, like, cultural cultivators. It's very cool. You learn about the city and stuff. And it's, like, super cool. Anyway, they also have blog content about, like, live events. There's, like, video recaps about things. So, like, if you weren't there, you could feel like you were there if you wanted to be there. Or, like, maybe you check it out and you're like, wow, the next time that happens, I'll go there for sure. But you didn't know until you saw the blog, you know? And then there's also things that are, like, tips for musicians. Like, hey, like, maybe you don't want to, um, you know, be a rapper and, like, rap over top of your own vocals that's corny and people don't like it and then there's also like really cool blog posts about just the cool culture of richmond which is like art and other art and also art mixing together it's like a very cool space but you find that all this information in the blog on javier.com is it only for cool people that's the beauty of it uncool people can go there and then become cool awesome thanks cool boy uh, you had commented on a post a while back. Uh, Ryan did a piece of art. It was D'Angelo at Southside Plaza. Mm. And you had dropped a little nugget that I had to ask about. Because <laughs> he was shooting the lady video there, right? Yeah, he shot the lady video at Southside Plaza. And uh, I went to the video. <laughs> and it was the movie It was the movie theater scene and shit. And it, it was super cool. And I'm looking over there, and it's Hype Williams and shit, and I'm like, yo, Hype Williams is in fucking Richmond. Like, this shit is crazy. Like, yo, this shit is dope. And I know Hype Williams, I know what Hype Williams makes. You know what I'm saying? So I know. I don't know what all these lights do and all these cameras do, but I know when this shit comes on TV, this shit's going to be super fucking fly. Pop it. <laughs> and then I saw the video, and I, they were like, D'Angelo, lady, premiering on whoop de woop de woop and I told my whole family, like, yo, I was in that video. I was in that D'Angelo video. Y'all wait. I was dancing with the bad girl, the girl with the short hair. Wait till y'all see this shit. The video comes on. The drums start. The boom, boom, mm, mm, mm. You start seeing it. I'm just like, oh, it's so crazy. And it's D'Angelo in this mesh room with Raphael Sadiq in the back playing the bass. And, and I'm just like, this video. And then the girl shows up. And then the video goes off. And I'm like. I wasn't in that shit. And my cousin is like, my cousin goes, oh, where are you? He's in D'Angelo video. Bet. I'm going back to work. Like, <laughs> left. And I'm just like, fuck my life. I felt so small because I told everybody, everybody, I was going to be in this D'Angelo video. And there, I don't even think my arm is in it. Like, it's, I'm in it nowhere. And I was just like, then you go through that little phase, you're like, yo, motherfuckers hating on me, man. They ain't want to see me shine. Dude. And like, it had nothing to do with you. And I'm like, damn, did I not look cool enough that day? Like, what happened? And I remember being like, shit, I wasn't in the video. 
And then when I shot my video, I remember being around and um, and it was hella people in the city and we was at 6th Street Marketplace and people were popping up and they were like, yo, Skid, I came down, man. I got my fit on there. And I'm like, you gotta be in the video. Like, get in front of me. Like, cause I'm gonna get in the video. It's my yeah, shit. Yeah. But please stand right here cause <laughs> I don't want that to happen to anybody else. So, yeah, man. It, yeah, that D'Angelo video. Every time I see it, it's still I still cringe because I'm like, damn, I ain't making it. Is that before or after nobody believed that you were hanging out with Q-Tip and uh, nobody La Soul? Yeah, but like, which one was first? Yeah, 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 I believe like you know people are starting to think you're telling fans, yeah, no, man. It's, I, I'm lying. It's like I'm I'm telling my friends I was I was literally on stage with Q-Tip Saturday, and they're like, get the fuck out of here. It, it's no. It's no social media. Right. So it's like all I had was that little Kodak camera, and you had to wait for that shit to get developed. So, bro, I, that's why I have so many pictures from those era, that era, because my friends didn't believe me. <laughs> so I was having the Kodak moment, all that shit with the, rah, rah, the, the scroll up camera yeah. where you click it and you got to scroll and, and you hope this, there's no, I can check the picture to see if the shit's cool. Nah, you got to, you got to, you trust. just got to hope. You got to hope your eyes were open when you were standing next to Q-Tip. Like, or you're in the fucking shot like this. Like, so yeah, man, like a lot of my friends didn't believe it because it sounded so crazy. Like, yeah, I just went to New York. I went to Q-Tip's house and they're like, okay. I'm like, yo, man, Rampage was there. Buster Rhymes was there. Like, you know what I'm saying? He got this kid named JD from Detroit. Okay. I'm like, no, his beat sounds just like Q-Tip. Okay. JD from Detroit. All right. And now look, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, a, it's like Dilla has a whole, like he's revered as one of the greatest producers of all time. And it's like, I'm sitting there going, I was, I told y'all, I, t I fucking told y'all. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying of you being like a linchpin, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Jay Dilla created an entire different like style of music timekeeping, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And you're the first dude, or maybe the first dude that paid for a beat from him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you were from the beginning tapped into that scene. Yeah. What does that feel like looking back now, knowing how much came from that one person's mind and drum machine? You know what I'm saying? Just his 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 demeanor and his he knew he was dope, right? But he was still humble, and um, we didn't know that he would. We did, of course, we didn't know that he wouldn't be with us that long. But we knew that what he was making was special. He was just like, yo, I love music. Like, and I never knew the technical aspects of what he was working with and what he didn't have. You know what I mean? And um, sometimes, you know, when you're creating, you are forced to work with your limitations. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, I got to work around it. So if I'm shooting a movie and I'm like, all right, this dude's going to kick in this door. And like, right, when he kicks in the door, it's going to break. I'm like, all right, so we're going to put up three or four cameras because... Ain't no reshooting this shit. And even if he kicks the door and I don't like the way his foot look, the shit's still going in the movie. It has to. Might not be one of my favorite shots. Right. But you know how long it's going to take to put that door back up and set that shit up again? Right. Are we going with this? Because if I sit here all day and try to shoot that one shot with that door, I might not get the rest of the movie done. Yeah. So yeah. with Dilla, he was limited with what he had, but he learned how to work around it. Then when we start looking back at what he was doing and the pieces he was taking and how he was time stretching shit and 
making making whole songs with loops that had a whole vocal over them, and then he got the vocal out before isolation, before you could go and you know pull somebody's vocals out of a song or take the bass line out. He was doing that shit with limited tools. That's how you knew he was a genius. So to watch him, man, work, and I never got a chance to work with him again, and I was sad about it, but like I, like I said earlier, man, like when you're in the middle of creating something, you don't really know that it's history. Yeah. And you don't know how it's going to affect other people. You know what I'm saying? So you never really know. It's just people just be in the room and you you never really know. I, I had one just well, quick thing. I had a kid come up to me, a guy come up to me, and he was like, um, it's like, yo, OG, what's up, man? I was like, what's good? He's like, you don't even remember me do it. And I didn't, but there's no cool way to tell a person you don't remember them, right? Yeah. And I've learned you never do that. It's like, nah, but you look nice. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's no, so he was like, you don't even remember me do it. And I was like, nah. And he was like, yo, man, you got me in my first hip hop show. And I was like, I did? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, what was it? And he was like, yo, you, he said, I'll never forget, man. He said, it was a VCU Seagull Center, it was The Roots. And and you and Ludacris. And I was like, okay, I remember that show. And he was like, I was outside selling candy for my basketball team. And he was like, you remember how we used to? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, I was outside selling candy for my basketball team. He said, and I'll never forget, you put up in like a, all, like a Magnum, an all black. And I was like, yeah, I definitely remember that track. That <laughs> Magnum I, had. I hated that fucking car. And he was like, it was like 15 of y'all. And I was like, cool. He was like, you walk right by me. And he's like, I tried to sell some candy to one of your homies and they ain't buying nothing. And I was like, oh, damn. And he was like, so you walk right by me and then I just started walking with y'all. And I was like, really? He said, and I got to the door and the security dude stopped me. And I was like, nah, I'm with them. He said, and the dude called you out and said, yo, Skills, little man with you? And he said, you turned around and was like, yeah, he with us. He said, and I walked right in. He said, I walked in. I was with y'all in the green room. I ate pizza. I sold all my candy, bro. I never forget that. That was my first hip hop concert. And I was sitting there going, I didn't even know I did that. That's wild. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and 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 it was crazy because <laughs> he remembered he remembered like it was just everything he was saying. He was like, and you and the other dude, he's like, cause y'all was saying y'all ain't want the pepperoni, y'all want the cheese piece. I was like, damn, he was there. He was really in the he room. He was really in the room <laughs> with us. And I don't remember that, but it was such a pivotal moment for him. He's like, I met Ludacris that day. He said, like, I left the team, was like, yo, where he at? He's like, I was in there chilling with y'all. And I was like, damn, that's crazy that he remembers that and he really was there. So sometimes you don't even know that you're affecting somebody else in a positive light or a positive way, but it might change something for them and have them see something. He was like, that was my first hip hop show. He's like, I was 14. And I was like, then that's crazy. That's crazy. Skills, Ludacris, and the Roots. Mm-hmm. At the Seagull Center. That's a good show. I remember show. that. Yeah, it was. That's a good yeah. show. And that was Seagull Center early. Like, that shit was new. Back before the Final Four. <laughs> yeah, that shit was new. Like, damn. The Aubrey Richards Boutique is a full pop-up shop and blog centered around and for women who are happily maturing. The items are either handmade, designed, or ethically sourced from themselves, other makers, or small companies. Aubrey Richards Boutique is here to uplift guests and build community within our community. Find out more at aubreyrichardsboutique.com. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, man, your podcast, Hip Hop Confessions. Mm-hmm. 
that's a really interesting one to listen to because I feel like, you know, as, as a hip hop fan, there's things that you're supposed to have done, artists yeah. you're supposed to have listened to, yeah. and you get clowned on for not. But everybody has those things that they haven't yeah. checked in on. Um, what made you want to kind of bring those stories out of your friends? And then, you know, what was the first, like, how did it jump off? I started it in 2009. So I was a year before podcasts were even a thing. Right. And I just knew that I would have these conversations in barbershops and in the studios. And I couldn't believe what I would be hearing. Like, but we would all be we all homies. We all know each other. We trust each other. So then they would say certain things like and you like. Really? And they're like, yeah, nah, it's not my thing. Or no, I never knew. Like, And I'm like. What? Like, yeah, I, I didn't know that fucking Shock G and Humpty Hump was the same person. And we all like, what? Get the fuck out of here. Don't don't ever go out and say that in public, bro. Nah, bro, real talk. I, <laughs> until, I, until I saw the Tupac documentary, I thought Shock G and Humpty Hump was two different people. And it's like, whew, I gotta, somebody gotta hear about this. You know what I mean? Because we all have one. Right. And sometimes it's not always something embarrassing, but it's just like, I didn't get it. I wasn't up on whoop de woop de woop. I just wasn't on it. Mm -hmm. It's like, damn, you wasn't? I'm like, nope. And everybody goes, wow. Or I, did, I never liked so-and-so as an MC. I never thought he was dope. I'm like, yo, are you serious? Bro, I mean, he's mid. <laughs> it's those barbershop conversations. Right. And um, I was like, I got to document this shit. And I started it. And then what happened was I shot a couple episodes, the same way y'all shooting y'all shit, and I, it, there was nowhere to like just post the audio, mm -hmm. so it was just video. So I'm posting it, and then what happened was I found out later on it was getting hard to find people to tell the truth and be honest about shit that they were embarrassed about. Right. So I was show, right. It's I like, did. yeah, I don't want to be on their skills saying that I did. I'm like, but you did. Like, yeah, but. I'm cool. Because everybody was still trying to be cool. And it's like, yo, I, I do beats. I'm not going to say that so-and-so's a whack rapper because what if you don't buy my beats? And I'm like, Soldier Boy ain't going to never buy your beats anyway. You make boom bap hip-hop, fool. Like, I don't see Soldier Boy rapping over none of your shit. Yeah. Nah, skill Soldier Boy might come to the studio one day. I ain't trying to fuck no bag up. All right, cool. So then it got harder <laughs> to find people to tell the truth. So then I just stopped. I was like, all right, this shit is not... It's, it's not it's not making sense. And then a fucking year later, podcast happened. And everybody's coming out and telling stories and telling their truths and shit. And I'm like, the fuck? Yeah. Like, I was early. <laughs> so everybody was like, yo, you should bring hip-hop confessions back. You should bring it. And I'm like, man, nah. And then I'm starting to see people who've never talked. We, we, don't even, we don't even know what their voices sound like. And they're on podcasts telling their whole lives. And I'm like, shit, maybe I should. And it wasn't until like my homeboy who 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 was partnering with me, and he was like, "Nah, we gotta bring hip hop confessions back." We had hella footage and all this shit. And I was like, "Bro, take all the episodes and put that shit up as a podcast. We can, whatever, I don't care." And then it started bubbling again, and I'm like, "I had like I literally had it on like MTV Jams when MTV Jams was a thing. They would take the snippets and play like somebody saying, "Yo, like." I, n I never thought that da -da 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 was dope. And then they would play the person's video. My man was like, yo, Skid, you got to send me them shits. He was the head of programming at MTV Jams. And I was sending them to him, and he would play it. And everybody was like, this is kind of dope. And then I would go out to live venues and have the microphone and say, oh, yeah. But now it's like everybody hits me like, yo, I got hip-hop confession. I'm like, okay, what is it? Like, yo, I don't think Jay-Z is dope. And I'm like, 
Okay. All right. You want to say that in public? You want to say that in public? <laughs> or like, and, and it's, it'll be other things that they would just say, and I just be like, I would have to dig because I'm like, I got to hear why. But like, yo, people are like, yo, man, Tribe Called Quest is cool, bro. I, I never really liked Fife. And I'm like, you never liked Fife? Wow. It's like, nah, bro, I never thought Fife was dope. And this is before, he, God bless him, before yeah. he passed away. And I'm just like, we all feel a way about something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I had to document it, and it's, it's taken off, and now I got some new things happening with it um, that's going to be happening in 2023. And I can't wait to, you know, get out there and find out everybody's hip-hop confessions. I like everybody got one. I like when you get surprised by stuff or, like, there's something that you didn't know. Like, uh, it was the rapper Big Pooh one when you were like, yeah. you're from Virginia too? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I like when you get surprised. What's what's the, the, the answer that has caught you the most off guard? Like, that somebody just hadn't heard of an artist or checked somebody or liked? <sighs> Um, damn, I'm trying to think. It's it's a couple. When Jazzy Jeff told me that House Party was meant for him and Will, that was, made it made so much sense. It does. It just kind of you fits. You know what I'm saying? Right? I was like, damn, like, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of crazy. Um, I always want, I had always wanted to know where Kwame was when he heard the infamous Biggie line that uh, kind of, you know, took him out. Not took him out, but had him, it just made him look so uncool because it's almost like the rapper that now people consider the greatest rapper of all time tried to body you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so for that, that one was shocking. Um, it's a few, man. Like, um, Bank telling me that he never listened to Tupac until after he had passed away. I did hear that one. That was kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, Rick G's saying that he he didn't know that um, Shock G and Humpty Hump was the same person. I think I had a girl in there. I think it was B-Right. I, I could be wrong. But she had said that she thought NWA was like one person. <laughs> <laughs> I just had somebody to say they thought Kid and Play was one person. Yeah. Jan Hunter, uh, the uh, producer, he was like, for years, I just thought Kid and Play was one person. I was like... So hence the end in the middle, you kind of just glossed over that. There's some weird rap names, though, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> there could definitely be an end but in the this middle was, of But name. this was all, but this was back, but back then, this was, it was always Salt and Pepper, GJ, Jazzy, Jeff, and the friend. It was always the and that let you, Eric B. and Rakim. So you thought a and meant one person? And then, and then certain things that just happened that I'm still like, I can't believe that happened. Even with me, when I, I, I was telling Kid from Kid and Play that I, I went to Herbie Lovebug's house with my cousin, and he opened the door, and he literally had a monkey on his shoulder. Like, imagine like imagine now, in t who's, who's the biggest rapper now? Imagine going to see Drake now. And you're like, yo, bro, I went to hang out with my cousin. And my cousin was like, yo, I know this guy. He does, like, music. I think he's kind of big. He has a big house up the street. He's super cool with me. And you're like... All right, cool. Like, I go over there all the time. Like, it's no rapper that lives up the street from you. Like, yeah, come on, we're gonna go by. There. I'm gonna go see if he's home. And you go by, and he's home. And then like, I'm just knocking on the door. And you open the door, and fucking Drake opens the door, and he has a monkey on his shoulder. <laughs> if I came back and told you that story, you would be like, "You're fucking lying. What drugs did you do today? It doesn't even make sense." And Herbie Lovebug was such a like obscure like recluse anyway you know what i mean like you don't you don't even see him now you know what i mean so it's almost like it really happened to me 
And you, you know what Lonnie B told me? Lonnie B was like, yo, he said, when you get old and you start telling your grandkids these stories, you know who you're going to sound like? I said, who? He said, Forrest Gump. <laughs> he said, you're going to be the hip-hop Forrest Gump. He said, you're going to be sitting around going, no, I wrote Jay-Z's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You think my grandpa, shut up. You did not write for Jay-Z. Sorry. Like, you did not write for Hove. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, no. I, I did. paid Dilla first. I <laughs> had the first Jay Dilla beat. Grandpa, stop lying. No, I swear to God. I came out from a state, and there was no rappers from my state. And I was the first rapper to say that this place was dope. Grandpa, shut up. He's can we please put a muzzle on Grandpa? He does this every year at Thanksgiving. I'm going to be the hip-hop Forrest Gump. You do it every year when the wrap-up's supposed to come out. I did a song every year for 20 years straight that told people what was happening in pop culture. Shut up, Grandpa. Like, it's that's how it's going to sound, bro. Yeah, the hip-hop Forrest Gump. That's, right. That's pretty spot on. No, I really did tour with Jazzy Jeff for like 13... Sure. Jazzy Jeff got thrown out the house in the freshman. Sure you did, Grandpa. Like, if I didn't have these pictures and stories and posting this shit, no, I really have a hat from Run, from Run DMC. Sure you do. All right. A whole hat from the guy. Okay. All right. All right, Grandpa. Like, that's how it's going to sound. That story is crazy. That was one of the most entertaining stories on that Drink Champs episode. Yeah, it, it really... <laughs> And, really, and I'd, I'd heard afterwards that he had contacted you and like that's how you got the hat sent out to you mm -hmm. and all that. that. So I'm glad that it worked out, but, yeah. but what a wild story. It wasn't believable. Right. It didn't sound, it sounded like a lie. And then I went back, so then I went back and I'm listening to Thoughts Become Things and I'm like looking at the album cover and it's Run I'm DMC. I'm literally <laughs> sitting on the floor as a child looking at Run DMC. Yeah. You know what I mean? As a kid. So it was like... You know how they always say, don't meet your heroes. And that's why I try to always be nice to people. Because even in that quick, I learned that from Will, like pre-Oscar slap. But um, <laughs> I learned that from people like, you might not remember those times, but they'll always remember. Yeah. So, you know, it sounded like a lie. And I, if I had, even when I told the story on Drink Shops, I didn't want to tell it. I was trying to save it for the book. But it's like, Nori didn't pressure me into it. You were like 11 shots deep. Four, I, I've never drank. I'm, I'm a lush, bro. I can't drink. If you know anything about me, two shots, and I start fucking giggling the shit that ain't funny. you like, skills, calm down. It's not that funny. Bro. You need to go. Like, I'm that guy. So imagine 14 shots later. I don't have I'm to like, imagine. I saw. Right. And I'm trying to hold it together, and they asked me, and I'm like, yeah, no. But just imagine that blurb. Just imagine one day you're sitting down, and you're on the blogs, and you're just scrolling, and you see, yo, Richmond, Virginia rapper attacks a uh, legend run from Run DMC on stage. You'd be like, yo, fucking Skills is bugging. He ain't even no rah-rah dude. Like, Skills jumped on Run at, a, at the Root Show? <laughs> it doesn't even sound crazy. But then when you hear the backstory of why I was even contemplating trying to hit this man, then it's like, damn, he kind of, shit kind of makes sense. Because it was multiple him. times. Where, three yeah, times. Yeah. He played me three particular times in my life. In three different decades. And at a certain point, you, you had enough. The last time <laughs> I wanted to snuff him in the back of the head. And I literally contemplated it. And Black Thought was like, no, you got you to gotta go sit down. And I'm like, no, fuck him. I'm going to hit him. 
and and whatever happens after they like skills you're gonna get stomped out by security i said whatever fucking happens happens because at this point he has to know stop playing with me bro <laughs> stop playing with me habitual line step imagine getting played by somebody three different decades <laughs> like 13 26 38 and you like yo you are really an asshole <laughs> Like God, I, it's no way you can just kept keep catching somebody on a bad, on a day, bad day, three right? different decades. <laughs> like he got me three different decades. I'm like, yo, you gonna stop playing with me? And at that last time, bro, I was ready. But he he reached out, man, and 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 he was super nice. That was a killer part. I was really gonna attack a reverend on stage, bro. <laughs> like this shit is crazy. So he he he, he hit me up and uh. And what's so crazy, when he did hit me, it just happened to be my birthday. And um, he sent the hat, man. And and it's just crazy. In my in my house, I have a hat signed from Run DMC, from Run from Run DMC, and I have a shoe signed by DMC and Adidas. It's in my studio. You watch the podcast, it's just sitting right behind me. So, yeah, man. Like, they say don't meet your heroes. But um, I met him and... He's super cool. I, I still had his phone number on my phone. I don't call him or text him, but it's just, he he made it right. And um, cause you know nobody wants to be known as an asshole. Nah, like you don't want to be the personal trainer and then somebody catch you eating a burger and like, damn, bro, so you just out here at fucking Five Guys and you like, oh shit, like I don't want to be that person. And then you then you start going, it was my cheat day. <laughs> like, so it was in weird. In three decades. Right, in three decades. You caught me on my sheet day in three different decades. So no, it, was, it was, it happened, but you know, it's in the, he's shout out to Run from Run DMC, man. He, he really awakened the 13 year old child in me and just made him happy for a minute. And, and I, I could never, I could never say anything bad about him after that because he didn't have to do that. Yeah. And he did. No, that's really dope. That's really dope. Hey everybody, it's a cool boy here telling you about all the cool things the HIRVA has going on on the website. Have you ever heard of the HIRVA Mistest Quiz? Wow, what a phenomenal piece of technology they've created. You go to the HIRVA website, that is HIRVA.com, and you answer like a six question quiz, you know, like one of those kind of BuzzFeed style quiz, you know, which Harry Potter house are you in? Or like, you know, are you Spider-Man or Captain America? Those kinds of quizzes. Well, you do one, it's very quick, and you get a Richmond music playlist that fits your specific vibe. So maybe you want to go out on the town and have like a really cool, exciting night with the girls and you're pumping your fist. Man, there's a playlist for that. Anyway, whatever your vibe is, be cool with it. Cool boy, signing out. A pieces. You've been DJing a whole bunch. And I had heard that your second day DJing was for Nicki Minaj. Yeah, uh, I had no clue what I was doing. Which is wild. In front of 30,000 people, trying to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. But I like the, how you talk about being a DJ allows you to present music in a mm-hmm. different way. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a rapper, people kind of prejudge a certain way, yeah. like, going into it. But you're allowed now to present whatever kind of music. Like, how has that freed you up as an artist? DJing has really kind of just opened me up to just music in general and just making sure that, um, you know, the thing about the thing about it is I love music uh, and and it, it is it has helped me in so many different aspects of my life that um I don't know where I would be without it. So um 
So being able to play it for people and, you know, when I used to rap, I would spit some bars and, you know, try to get a reaction out of people and hear the, oh, shit, da, 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 da. It's the same shit when you play a song and you just drop it at the right time or, or build to the next set. So I just love music, man. Everything that in my life is just revolved around music. So I, it's like I like DJing. I like rapping. I like writing songs, but I love music. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's the common denominator in all of it. That's really dope. Um, I have one question, man, and I don't even know how accurate this is. Did you have beef with Shaq at one point? <laughs> that sounds like a Forrest Gump story, right? <laughs> I swear to fucking God. <laughs> Yo, we really got to just go through all of this shit that happened. And yeah, I did. You have to come back for a second one. Yes, and we were probably <laughs> on the Forrest Gump episode. Uh, I did. And, um... Did you try to fight him too? That's a big dude. <laughs> what? Okay, what happened was... <laughs> That's an all good you, story. Stop. I'll tell you what happened. So, my homeboy Los had a studio down in uh, down on Gray Street. I just actually, when I posted the other day about Rap City, um, I actually had his logo on his t-shirt. He had a studio called Donnelly. And um, I used to go down there a lot, record. And, um, and one day he called me, he was like, yo, I think Shaq got a song dissing you. And I was like, who is Shaq? He was like, Shaquille O'Neal, fool. And I'm like, Shaq Diesel? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, that don't make no fucking sense. And he was like, I know. That's why I'm calling you. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not, I don't care about that shit. He's like, skills. Do I call you for anything? I was like, no, nah, you really don't. He's like, so the fact that I'm calling you, just tell you. And I was like, bro, what you're saying makes zero sense. He was like, okay, well, do me a favor. I was like, what? He said, come down here and just listen to the song. And if he's not talking about you, then I need you to tell me who the fuck he's talking about. So I go, bet. I could do that. So I walk into the studio with an open mind. There's no way that Shaquille O'Neal even knows who I am. Shit doesn't make sense. He starts playing the song. And this was when the... Remember the, uh, back in the day, it was a DJ named uh, P. Cutter. He used to have all these CDs called Street Wars. And it was, oh, the G-Unit versus Ja Rule. And Ja Rule answering. And then the game dissing 40 Glock. And it was all of the beef songs on one CD. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal's on there. And I'm just like, this shit's stupid. Like, I, I don't even know why I'm here. But I'm about to go to Jamaica house, get something to eat. Like, shit is dumb. He hits the song. He starts playing it. I got the door wide open on my psyche of this and Shaq is rapping and I got money and da, 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 scoring champion all-star okay cool da, 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 da. and he says uh yeah you just a punchline rapper you sound like you're trying to be cannabis kind of closing a little but not <laughs> da, 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 da. so Shaq's kill big big diesel coming down on you but and you're not even the best from Virginia the clips and the, okay a little regional now <laughs> So like a couple people now. Could, could, could be, could be, okay, cool. <laughs> and it's not the clips, so had to rule them and he, he ruled them out. Is he going from a goo? So yeah, right. So I'm just like, some, 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 some. And then he goes, um, and I, I'll do this to you, and and take that microphone. Something he said, uh, you on that? Uh, he said something like on that underground label, trying to get. I'm like, oh shit, raucous underground. Okay, sounds a little crazy. And the door is this open now. 
There's a couple of things, and he's like, and I heard you used to work at a parking deck. Take the keys to this Phantom and park my shit. Oh, shit! <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal just dissed the fuck out of me. Oh, God. What did I do to piss off Shaquille O'Neal? So, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Lonnie B calls me again. Yo, I'm like, what's up? Hey, shorty. You got to be the luckiest nigga in the fucking world, shorty. I was like, why you say that? He said, because you always get in the beef that you going to win. Like, nobody looks at Shaq as like, you going to demolish this fool. Man, I wish. I wish I had. Bro, you about to. And I'm just like, I'm really about to tear him to fucking shreds. This shit is about to be fun. Because I'm a battle rapper. This is what I do. Yeah. So then I, I start thinking, I'm like, all right, I'm going to diss Shaq. And then... Uh, Ben Wallace, I knew Ben Wallace's uh, brother-in-law, and I knew his wife, and they, they was playing them in the finals. Oh, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to wait until the finals are over, and if the Lakers lose to the fucking Pistons, I'm going to get Ben Wallace to be on my mixtape, and this shit is going to turn the knife. And then the Lakers lost to the Pistons. I hit up Ben Wallace, got a drop, and he wasn't even really talking about Shaq. He was just talking, yeah, we here, you know, they tried to count us out. And I was like... I'm going to put this in there. But it's, then I'm like, I'm going to make one song. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to make two songs. Then I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to make three songs. And I'm like, I'm going to make a whole fucking mixtape. So I made a whole mixtape. Dissing the fuck out of Shaquille O'Neal. It had skits in it. It was insane. I had Joey Gallo on it. It was people from Richmond on it. Like, we just made a whole, and we just, and I sold a bunch of fucking mixtapes. And then three weeks later, I get a call. And they're like, we want you to be on TRL. And I'm like, for what? And they're like, we want to talk to you about your Shaquille O'Neal mixtape. And I'm like, I'm going to fucking MTV. <laughs> I'm literally at MTV talking to the girl in between kids screaming for fucking NSYNC and goddamn Britney Spears about Shaquille O'Neal. The shit was insane. <laughs> and it happened, right? Still have no clue why he dissed me. And then, I want to say two years ago, two years ago, I'm with Andrew Hypes. He's like, I'm at his crib. He's like, yeah, man. I just did this remix. You know, Shaq be DJing and you on his like dubstep music and, and all this drill shit. I was like, where? He was like, yeah, he be doing these big parties. Shaquille O'Neal, he likes all that Diplo kind of shit. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah. He said, I just did a remix for him. I was like, we was going to Chick-fil-A. I'll never forget it. He was like, yeah, nah. Yeah, man, Shaq fucking paid me for the song. It's just dope. I was like, yeah, I had beef with him back in the day. I don't know why. He was like, beef with who? I was like, Shaquille O'Neal. He was like, no, you didn't. I was like, bro, I was, on, I was literally on TRL. Forrest Gump shit, don't even sound real. I was on, I was on TRL talking about Shaquille O'Neal. He was like, for what? I said, bro, he dissed me, and I fucking dissed him back. He said, why'd he diss you? I said, Andrew, it's 20 years later. I still don't know why. He goes, yo, I'm going to call that fool. I was like, you're not about to call fucking Shaquille O'Neal. Open that wound up again. He was like, no, I am. And I was like, no, you're not. He pulls out his phone. Right. And he records a video of me and him in the car. And he's like, yo, fool, what's up? And it's super early. It's like 5 a.m. in L.A. Because me and Andrew was going to get breakfast at Chick-fil-A. So he's like, yo, fool, I'm here with I'm here with skills, man. Like we, we working on some music today. And he just told me that y'all dissed each other. Y'all had a song dissing each other. Man, I told me lying, man. That shit don't even make sense. And he was like. I'm going to send him this joint, bro. And I was like, bro, do not send that to Shaquille O'Neal. And he was like, I'm going to send him the video. I'm going to send him the video. So he literally sends the video to Shaquille O'Neal. 
Shaquille O'Neal, we're at Chick-fil-A like an hour later, and Shaquille O'Neal hits Andrew Hype's back, and he sends him a video. I'm looking for it in my phone as we speak. <laughs> I know I have it. And he goes, this is what he said in the video. He was like, yo, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I dissed you. He said it so, so matter-of-factly. He was like, I dissed you because you was the shit. He was like, that's how, that's how beef is, you know what I'm saying? You say what you want. I dissed you because you was the best. Right. He was like, and that's how beef is, you know? You say your shit, I say my shit, and that's just what it is, man. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I had some fun. That shit was fun, man. He was like, man, you know what I'm saying? I, I had a good time. He was like, that shit was cool, man. He's like, anyway, all right, man, I talked to y'all fools, man. He calling me all early, waking me up with this shit. All right, man, love you, boy. And just hung the phone up. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is my life? Like, how is this real? And that's what happened. And I, to this day, I still, that was, I went 20 years not knowing why he even said anything to me. Did he, did he ever acknowledge the mixtape or like respond mm -mm, to it in mm -mm. any way? No, after, after I put him in the dirt, because <laughs> I put, I put, I put him in the dirt. You had to put him seven feet too I down. put it, I put his body bag in a body bag. Damn. Like <laughs> in another casket. I put him under and he, he, um. He didn't think so, but I had fun. But um, I always end up rapping against people that I don't feel like are worthy opponents. It's going to be a, a walk in the park. Right. And, um, you know, there's a couple of times that I've I never been tested to where I'm like, oh, I really got to be on my shit. It's not like not like nobody called me and said, yo, Skills, Jadakiss is talking crazy about you. I'm like, oh, fuck. That ain't no, that's not going to be no walk in the park. Every time I get the call, I'd be like, for real, <laughs> this is about to be easy. You know what I'm saying? Like even you know with the, the the Uncle Murder shit or whatever, that shit was easy. Like that shit was super easy. You don't like punching down. Nah. You hear that black thought? You need to come for skills. <laughs> that's and that's my brother. And I, and that motherfucker's a walking super. He's a hip hop superhero. He probably knows rhymes that I haven't even wrote yet. So um, but yeah, nah, it's I. That's why when I did it, when I when I went up up, up at Murder in 20, 2018 or whatever, 2019, it was like, it was almost like sparring because I wasn't expecting no, oh shit, I gotta, damn, he came back hard. I gotta get, you know what I mean? That, that shit don't happen. Like, and I'm that fucking good. Like, hell yeah, you that fucking I'm good. I'm that fucking good. I can put a bar together. Because you gotta understand, when I used to rap, battle rap, my my main focus was you not gonna go after me period like i'm gonna listen to all y'all motherfuckers rap and then when i rap it's over everybody's going home your baby mom just called you got to go to work like let's just give a pound we out of here <laughs> like we out that's how the wrap up started when i go i don't want anybody around me to think that they can top what I just did. And if they did, then we just gonna be standing here all fucking night. Cause I ain't never gonna stop. That's how I met Lonnie. We never stopped. Like he started rapping and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this motherfucker dope. Oh, he think, oh, he think it's a joke. Boom, then I start rapping and he looking at me like, oh, he think I don't got nothing else. But like we was in front of Rose Hall at VCU hours. That's how we met. Just rapping. Just rapping, cause I'm like, I don't want nobody to feel like they could go after me. That was my thing. When I finish, it's finished. 
So all you got to do is start rapping again, and we're going to be here all night. <laughs> that was my that was my MO. So. Damn, you either shut it down or you realize the person probably didn't belong in your league. <laughs> they just, they're like, oh, I got a second verse. You, you should stop. Right. You should stop. It's like certain people, you just look at them and you go, oh, he's different. Right. You know what I mean? Like when you when you come into the gym and you're like, oh, he's here already? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're like, oh, he's been here since 10 a.m. this morning. You're like, fuck, the game ends at 7. The fuck? <laughs> and, and it's like, then you start going, that's why yeah. this person is where they are. You know what I mean? I was that type of rapper. And I still, it, it, even when I crack open, if I write some shit, I, I, I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't want nobody to feel like, even at this age, I'm like, ah. Uh, it's like riding a bike. Yeah, you still got to keep it sharp. Yeah, don't play. Hey, cool boy. That's a cool sweatshirt. Where'd you get it from? Oh, you're checking out my new liner notes hoodie? Wow, thank you for noticing. It's very comfortable and cost-efficient. Plus, I'm helping to fund the next season of liner notes, which I think is going to be amazing because, like, the last one was good, and this one is so far is really good. I like it. I hope you like it. Hey, cool boy, do they only have hoodies? They have T-shirts. They have crew neck shirts and the variety of colors is like mind-boggling it's not as many as the rainbow but it's a couple and like the really cool thing is they have like all the sizes whether you be like a really really tiny person or like a medium-sized child or like a large child or like a little adult or like a medium adult or like a large adult or, or like an extra large adult oh that's super cool i'm gonna go to hererba.com right now and get me a liner notes t-shirt yeah when you get your gear come back here to this corner and they'll hang out and look super cool together okay i want to ask you about the million dollar backpack record Mm -hmm. because for me like that's when i was in college i was at vcu at the time so i'm bumping that joint hard uh walking around that uneven bricks on our (laughs) campus and shit (laughs) but i had heard recently um you said in an interview that pharrell had told you that there was a million dollars in your laptop Mm -hmm. you just had to figure out how to get it out of 10 million 10 million in the laptop Excuse me. Is that kind of where like the million dollar backpack came from as far as an idea or like what was the genesis behind just, it? Just knowing that um, what I had, what I was walking around with were my tools, you know what I'm saying, to um, to be able to paint what I wanted to paint. And, um, you know, with me, everything that I felt like helped me to get to the next level just happened to be a good idea. So I try to come up with good ideas more often than not. The wrap-up was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Hip-Hop Confessions was a good idea. You know what I'm saying? So um, I try to put things into the world that aren't already there. And they might be, you know, they might have some remnants of other things, but it's missing at this particular point. So it was always like the idea will get you there. You know what I'm saying? And it'll keep you there. And if you just keep having good ideas, you keep shooting shots, some of them are going to fall. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we, like you know, you have this podcast and we have people in this room and they all have tools that they're working with, sound guys and video guys. And, and He has a camera, he has a computer, and he has a soundboard. Mm-hmm. But those are just the tools that they use in order to get their ideas out. And sometimes I tell people all the time, it ain't the wine, it's the magician. You know what I'm saying? Right. We all got the same 24 hours. And you could shoot some shit with your shit that I'd be like, how the fuck did you do that? And you're like, yo, I did it with this. I'm like, I got one of those. And you're like, yeah, bro, I, I mastered this shit. I've been 
fucking with this shit 12 years. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, I can tell. So, it, it, you know, if you go, you know, if you go to, to a mix engineer and you're like, yo, I need you to make my song sound better. I need you to make them sound like they're on the radio. And he like, all right, there it is. And you like, hey, you didn't really do much to it. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't have to. I just, I EQ'd it. I put in a, a limiter on you, da, 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 and just toned your vocals out. And you like, and you charge how much for that? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I charge $4,500 per song. You like, but you only took 10 minutes to even mix my song down. Like, trust me, your song's going to sound just as good as Drake, Cardi B, Future. Trust me. Here's your main, your vocal, your instrumental, your acapella. Here, invoice be coming. And you like, damn, you just fucking did that shit in 10 minutes? Yeah. You're not paying for how long it takes. You're paying for the years that I put into it that allows me to be able to do it fast. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what you're paying for. So it's the experience. Hey, cool boy. I'm a musician, and I got a new album coming out. How can I tell everybody about it? Oh, babies, that's very easy. All you have to do is go to hiavie.com, and there's this part that's like, submit your music. And you put in all the details about your music, you know, like a cover image, who you are, what your social media tags are, and stuff like that, when the album's coming out. And Hiavie will put it every Friday in their new music posts on the Instagram and the Facebook, and oh, people see it, it's great. They know about you, they know about the cool music, Thanks, cool boy. I'm going to go to hererva.com right now. Uh, I wanted to open it up if anybody out here had a question. Of course. You're going first? Okay, cool. We don't get to hang out with skills too often. Yeah, so, no, man, know. it's fine, man. I'm, I'm here. <clears throat> I, I'd set some time aside for this. I'm trying to find this... Uh, I want to find this Shaq video I want for you. To find it too. I'm gonna, it's in my phone, bro. Hey, skills. He was like, just yo, and he say. had like, bro, he was literally in the bed. I felt bad because I'm like, yo, he's in the bed. <laughs> he's rolled over. You see the white sheets and he's just like. And he, skills. I would have posted it, but he cursed in it. So I kind of, I was like, you know, he's on TNT. Yeah, and he can't I, can't, I don't, don't want to, I don't want to post this shit. But he was like, yo, calling me with this shit. <laughs> I, he was like, I battled you because you're the best. Like, that shit was fun. Like, he, it's like he was just talking about it. And I was like, yo, he really just fucking said this. I'm going to be real with you. I kind of like Shaq rapping. <laughs> if, you look, if you look back here, right, I got like a bunch of the records and uh, CDs that I had listened right. to growing up. So a million dollar backpacks there, but there's a wall right oh, here. Oh wow! There's a wall right here, and I got the uh, "You Can't Stop the Rain" Shaq yeah. joint with Biggie yeah. on it. He yeah. went so hard on that. He did. That's a great song. I think somebody <laughs> wrote it, but he did I, go hard. On I would it. bet. I would bet. I, it sounded thing. like something maybe Peter Guns or Lord Tariq or somebody wrote. Were well, Biggie killed it too. Yeah, nah, that was a dope record, man. Had a music video. Yeah, can't stop the rain. Yeah, no, I think I think I was like ten, because that came out like ninety six or ninety. I think it was ninety seven, so I might have been like eleven. And I was like, <laughs> oh shit, Shaq got a rap album. I remember right. going, I remember going to get it uh, because my mom was like, uh, she asked the guy at the thing, it's like, is this like one of those CDs with the bad words on it? And the guy was like, Nah, Shaq, you good. <laughs> like, right, right, you right, good? right. You, you can get him. You can get him a Shaq CD. It's not NWA. Right. Okay, Bubba, what you got, man? Um, it's funny you mentioned about him, somebody else possibly writing that. Um, as a lyricist yourself, how do you feel about ghostwriters? Do they really have such a bad rap, or are they necessary? Um, I feel like with hip hop being a business, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's uh, 
you know, those people, a lot of those people don't have time to sit down and craft what they think is something classic or, or spectacular. So somebody's always down to help. Um, I think we get a bad rap sometimes. It's, it's almost like I tell people a lot, like, um, when people bring it up and they start talking about it, you always see me kind of just fade to the back. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be involved in it. It's like, hi, I'm so-and-so called Forbes magazine and Drake and Meek Mill are beefing about ghostwriting. And I was told that you, and I'm like, yeah, I don't have no comment. I don't want to talk about that. Because it's almost like I make less money when people start talking about ghostwriting. And now, like, you know, it's just more like songwriting. And, you know, it's all falls under one umbrella, but... Nobody wants to be known for not creating. And it, because that's the thing, we always look at this hip hop and this music is like, oh no, that came from you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yours. And you're like, yeah, well, not, not really. And it, 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 could be, it could be a song right now. I could tell you, yo, so-and-so didn't write it. And you'd be like, what? You mean to tell me Andre 3000 didn't write? Bro, don't play with me like that. Like, that's hypothetical, I'm just saying. But it would fuck with you because you believed it. Mm-hmm. And you got to think, in, in, in the day and age of, you know, buying music and, you know, all those CDs he have lined up on the wall. Like, imagine going to Best Buy, spending $18 on the CD, and the dude's lying. And you know it's a lie. It's like, yeah, no, here, none of this is true, but here. you like... Little Wayne really didn't grow up in the know you? Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean, Cash Money? Is cash Money is not really an army or a navy? What do you mean? <laughs> it's almost like if every rapper told you, if every rapper got to the end of their shit and said, you know what, I just made all that shit up, you'd be like, this shit is trash. I don't want to hear no, I want to hear a lot. We believe it. We don't believe nothing else. I, I went to go see Avatar. I didn't believe any of that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, Star Wars, I didn't believe any of it. But for some reason, we believe it. And I think Ice-T said it best. He was like, you, uh, I think he said, uh, convincing, telling the world that you're a gangster, but then trying to convince a judge that you ain't, that's going to be one of the hardest things you're going to do in your life. Like When you get your rap life and your real life confused, you fucked up. So ghostwriting, if we were to look at it, we're like, yo, he don't really live that. It just hits different. You know what I mean? That's why I'm like, man, let these kids be who they are. Like, these kids are going out here and they're dying. We have more deaths in hip-hop than we've ever had because they're trying to be something that they're not. And make that little goofy-ass song in your room that's not for the 48-year-old me because I'd rather you do that and live than to try to be something that you're not and die. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I just look at it. It's a business, just like anything else. Um, one more. What are your top three lyricists? Top three lyricists? Mm-hmm. Black Thought, Jay-Z, Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> it, I'm, it don't take a lot for me. Like, I'm quick with it. You don't have to respond to this last one, but I love Kanye West, so I would have been very intrigued to know what you had to say. <laughs> 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 what do you love about him? I love his music. I love all his music, even up to what was like the whack shit. <laughs> the, the not so it's not as good as the it's not as good as yeah. the beginnings. I think he's misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I think he's a musical genius. I think it's personal. Well, well, that's where you lost because you called him a musical genius, and that's probably where we gonna we gonna butt heads because I don't think he's a genius at all. Not even a musical genius. 
Because I'm like, what did you do that was so genius? Like, what did he do that was so genius? Being an R&B person myself. Got you. I love R&B. I'm, I'm an R&B person. So my my ties into hip-hop, very limited. I just go up what I hear, what I listen. Mm-hmm. But also, I was like, 2003, 4, right. um, 15, 16, coming up around that time. Right. Um, and, you know, I was a big rock fan. And I know, like, the work he put in for that era of music, I feel like the change was very, I feel like, helped usher into a new space of music. Mm. And he had a hand in that. Mm. Okay. The sped up soul chop. Yeah, he's, he's sped up some samples. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a better Pete Rock. You know what I mean? I, that's that's this that's, that's I don't I don't see it because when you say musical genius to me a musical genius is somebody that let's say it's let's say it's a big ass studio behind that door a musical genius to me is somebody that can walk in that door and close it and make a classic all by themselves and then come out the room and I don't feel like we only got, I feel like we only got one musical genius left Stevie Wonder. Prince was probably the last one before that. So I don't know another artist that could walk into that room and do everything by themselves, everything, and come out with a classic. So to me, people are like, oh, Beyonce's a musical genius. I'm like, bro, she, she good. She's not a genius. A musical genius don't need nobody else. So that's why I'm like, mm, I don't know if he's that. Kanye is misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his things, I, I get... No, the drama. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just so much with him that I just, I, I got so turned off because I related to him early. When I saw him, I was like, yo, he's dope. And, and he was, you know, he's with all of these gangsters and these drug dealers and he just made a lane for himself for regular guys like me. And then he turned into something that I was like, I don't relate to him at all. And I'm a, I'm a fucking bipolar Gemini, but I don't do Good that. June 2nd. Like, I, I don't do that. I, I don't, like, I, I don't know if I could co-sign that. And just to watch him become everything that he hated was hard for me. And that, you know, and as a, as a black man growing up, like, you know, we didn't know shit about mental health. We was always like, deal with it. If I fall and, like, I'm depressed today, I'm like, yo, suck that shit up, man. Go, go fucking play ball. Like, stop, like, yo, stop coming to this house crying about little shit. That's how we grew up. So I didn't understand about mental health and things like that. But then I was like, well, what if ain't nothing wrong with him? Or, <laughs> or I will say this. What if the person that he changed into, and we're like, yo, I need the old yay back. I can't fuck with that motherfucker. Like this new motherfucker, he wildin'. He's tripping. What if that's who he was the whole time? And the beginning was somebody else. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And I hate to make it about race. I hate to make it about race. But if Kanye was white and said all of this shit that he said. <laughs> Black people wouldn't fuck with him at all. <laughs> Am I right about that? Yeah. If he was just a white, if, if Justin Bieber said all of this shit, we wouldn't even care because we're like, it's fucking Justin Bieber. We don't give a fuck what Justin Bieber say. <laughs> fuck, he's a pop star, bro. He got on drugs and fucking lost his mind. Nobody cares about what Bieber's talking about now. That shit's kitty, bro. My sister liked Justin. We wouldn't care, but because we <laughs> like three albums, we keep giving this motherfucker passes. <laughs> 
And I'm almost like, what does it take for us to go, I'm not fucking with him no more? Like, I, bro, I muted his name on all social media. So when he does shit, I don't even know about it. When he does shit at this point, you know, I just try to make it a point to still put good vibes out for him. I just put, I love Kanye West. Cool. Just love that. Cool. <laughs> if that motherfucker don't make it to the nightly news with Lester Holt, I have no clue what he did. Until it makes it to something big, I'm like, I don't, I, like, you hear about Ye? I'm like, was it on the news? Like, nah, he said something. I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I muted his name, and, and it's been so peaceful since then. And, you know, I got a group chat going on with some homies, and they might be like, yo, this motherfucker, like, yeah, he tripping, bro. I'm like, what do you do? Skills, you ain't hear about it. He said some shit about the Jewish people. And I'm like, I ain't hear about it. Because I muted him on everything. I can't, bro. I, it's, crazy. I, it's like, I'm like, I'm off this bitch. <laughs> and I don't even go back and listen to the old shit. Because it's just hard. It feels, it feels different, yeah. yeah. The first two records are classic. Yeah. Classic, classic. Hey, cool boy, can you tell me where I can learn more about Richmond music? The newsletter is like super helpful from the Here RVA. If you go to their website and like just put your email in, you get all the cool events from the city. They even put in the new music for you to check out from local artists, global artists even. Plus, you can always see the cool content that Here RVA is creating. They got like blog stuff that's really awesome and intriguing. They got liner notes, which by the way you're listening to and they also got cool things that just like they just make stuff up sometimes it's really cool you have to tap in it's a bi-weekly newsletter so like it doesn't even spam you that much and i don't know what accent this is anymore but i'm the cool boy i'll talk to you later thanks cool boy you're the best you got a question air tyler as a prolific writer, both for yourself and others. What is a song or a couple of songs that you heard and wished you wrote immediately? Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. That's it? No songs out there that you, like a, a classic, like a J record or a Black Thought I Will Thought Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Shout out Dolly Parton. Yeah, Dolly Parton. Um, Star Spangled Banner. All the ones where you'll get the royalty checks forever. My heart will go on. Bro, like... All I want for Christmas is you. Bro! (laughs) Bro! (laughs) That Christmas money, dog. It's better than wrap-up money. Imagine... Now, now, mind you, if I did the wrap-up, but imagine making $40 million every Christmas. Just because it's Christmas. That actually inspired a new question. Um, What's a song that you worked on that you just didn't think anything of and were surprised how much it impacted your career and was able to help you like take care of your family and live your life? Uh, mm, let me think. Without telling you something that I shouldn't tell you. <laughs> right. Um, don't, the fine line. don't violate the NDA. Uh, <laughs> probably Money by LaCaylee47. Okay. Yeah. Just messing around with uh, another great songwriter from Richmond named Harold Lilly. And uh, we stumbled onto this song called Money. And um, <laughs> it was so simple. And the hook was just money. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was so simple, bro. Money. I'm so money. And it just went up. And it's funny just to watch kids sing it. And it's been synced and 
Super Bowl commercials and Insecure and, you know, hella TV shows, Lovecraft Country and Booksmart. And I still sit back at it and just look at it like, I can't believe that we came up with that in like 15 minutes. And it's funny, uh, one day he had told me he was like, um, we got like a, a, a sink. It was a good sink. And it was like, I was like, yo, they, how much? And he was like, yo. And I was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. And he was like, yo, I'm so glad we called this song Money. <laughs> I was like, damn, I never even thought about this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, sometimes songs, songs last for so long, and then another song will come and replace the vibe of that song. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for example, you know, uh, for, for years, you know, the Frank, Sot Frank Sinatra was uh, uh, the New York song. You know what I'm right. saying? Uh, New, York, New, York, New, New York, New York. And now it's fucking Jay-Z and Beyonce. I mean, Jay-Z and Alicia, Alicia Keys. Keys. You know what I mean? So it's almost like that song, in New York, Concrete Jungle, you like, damn, that shit just kind of got Frank out the way. Because when, you know, somebody from Australia or Sweden or, you know, Bulgaria and they fly to New York and they go to Times Square, the first thing they think about is fucking Jay-Z and Alicia Keys was right there and she was on the piano and it's like, we're in New York. And, it, you know, like when they make a little reel and they pull up, they ain't pulling up Frank Sinatra. Right. You know what I mean? Because their generation don't even know about that. So that, that one was probably the one that surprised me the most. And that's how you stuck it to Pink Floyd. Yeah. Money. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, for sure. Man. <clears throat> I just got one real quick one. Yeah, no, already. Uh, I just wanted to ask, man, uh, your book, From Where to Here, where are you at with that? And do you have any idea on when I, that might I, be coming I out? I might have wrote like two chapters. Yeah. I'm excited um, for it. I want to buy it when it comes out. Yeah, so man. I'm I'm, I, can't, um, I heard you mention it and I was in a podcast a while back. And I'm like, I started Googling. I'm like, bro, is this shit right, out yeah, here? No, I, I, I might be two or three chapters in because what I've learned about. The whole autobiography shit is, um, it's going to be hard for me to tell my story without telling other people's story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And um, I, I really got to find how to tell my story without putting so many different people in it. And we're like, yo, he kind of fucking painted me as a dickhead skills in 95. And I'm like, well, you kind of was. I mean, even if you just cataloged all the stories you told over podcasts, I mean that that'd be a thick, interesting yeah. book. I mean, I'm I'm very, you know, I've real I realized a long time ago that I was a good storyteller. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I'm I'm currently working on some things that that's just evolving from telling stories, and um, uh, yeah, I'm I had I had a couple authors that kind of jumped in with me, and then everybody kind of just fell out. I'm like, I can't write this shit by myself. I need. Yeah. You know, I need, you know, I'm definitely going to need somebody to help me with it. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll see, man. And maybe I'll find the right author and somebody that wants to co. Because my thing is, I'd rather just come to you and just sit down with you and you just press record and I just tell you my shit. And then, and then you, you just put it in the pages and then I'll read it and go, well, no, actually that happened in Richmond. It didn't happen in Detroit. Or, mm -hmm. No, this is the first time. Like, and I just proofread it and then we just keep building that way. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how it's going to have to happen. I even had an app one time that I was just talking and it would just write the shit out. And, you know, because I'm like, I, me sitting down typing all that shit out, I'm descriptive, but I get bored quick. Yeah. So I can't wait. I'm excited, man. Oh, thank you, man. I, hell, hopefully, you know, we'll see it sometime. But uh, it'll be a doozy when it does drop. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no, already. Uh, anybody else? I have a question. Okay, one right there. 
Yeah, you gotten the most questions. Oh, really? So far. Yeah. Oh, cool. Because you, you the Forrest Gump, man. Like you've done everything. There's like so much to touch on. That's probably gonna be the one that goes up. Two people like, yo, he's just like Forrest Gump, but <laughs> it will be. You wear flannel already, bro. Right. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> we gonna sit us on a bench, like, right? Dude. Right. I'm making the graphic in my head now. I got to pay. Roughly how many songs have you guys written? Do you have any idea? Y'all trying to get them on some shit. Shit. <laughs> Man, uh, hundreds. Hundreds? Hundreds. And then have you, it's a two-parter, have any of those songs written got you someplace like to travel someplace you wouldn't have expected to travel to? Mm-hmm, definitely. Want um, to share a story or two? Yeah, I've definitely been places and, and seen some things from songwriting that I never thought I would ever see. But I also, you know, equated to I always tell people, you know, a good songwriter never reveals their clients, or a good ghostwriter never reveals their clients. But yeah, man, I've been, bro, I filled up like two passports, not all from songwriting or ghostwriting, but I've been places where I'm just like, I can't believe I'm here. I remember one time I was in Bahrain with like a, a prince, and he was trying to fucking impress us, and I'm just like, you're a prince, like, well, you know. And he's like, no, my, like Michael Jackson came over here and recorded his vocals in this room, you know. And I'm just like, Michael Jackson was here. He's like, yeah. And I'm just like, and then I remember going back and looking because everything's on YouTube. And I go back and I look at that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if y'all remember that interview with Martin Bashir or whatever his name was. He was walking yeah, Bashir. Yeah, he was walking around with Michael Jackson. Michael was buying all this, and I was like, exactly right. And I, and I, I looked and I was like, I'm scrolling. I'm like, oh. That's his spot. That's his studio. Like, damn, like, really happened. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I was there. So, yeah, man, I've been, you know, Dubai. And the one thing about music, man, is I've been places where people don't even speak English. But they know music. It's tr it's truly the universal language. Mm -hmm. Like, I, people can, you can stand on stage and nobody will know what you're saying. I can say, throw your hands in the air and they'll start doing it. Or, you know, you play go, go shawty. And people start going, it's your birthday. They don't even speak English. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but they know what that means. And that's why music is, it's, it's a vibration, bro. It, it, it's a way that, it's a way that you feel. And so to be able to create, and I love seeing something go from nothing to something. So it's like two hours ago, it was just this beat. And now it's this song and it's these words and, and somebody hears it and they go, yo, I really felt this in my heart. I feel like that was about me or you were talking to me. And, you know, and that's how I remember hearing music. So, yeah, I've been a lot of places, man. I'm, I'm blessed, you know, um, to see a lot of see a lot of things through music. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no, for sure. Hey, cool boy. What makes Hear RVA so cool? There are, like, so many things that make Hear RVA cool, like, ones that just like cool nice people that really care about each other and the city and the people and the music like they're trying to keep people informed with the blog and the newsletter they are trying to connect fans and musicians with the mixed taste quiz you know that people don't know how can they support you so you have to make the people know the podcast liner notes is very cool i don't know if you know about it they show up at all the events around the city and they're like talking to people about Richmond music. It's just, you know, a very cool thing. Not like a cult at all. 
I'm going to go to herrva.com, subscribe to their newsletter, read their blog articles, look at all of their liner notes episodes, and just, you know, be a cool fangirl for HereRVA. Good, because I'm going to check on you and make sure your name's on the registry. I'm watching you now. Yeah, I think that's everybody good? Cool. Um, well, I just wanted to say thank you for nah, coming man. and talking with us and sharing your stories, man. Yeah, nah, man for you're, sure. you're a hip hop legend, thank you, a man. historian, a great DJ. Like, like you are the Forrest Gump of hip hop. <laughs> yeah, like, like you are you are a national treasure, and we appreciate you no, that thank you're from Richmond, man. So man. thank you so much. I appreciate y'all so much. Thank you for spending part of your drive, workout, grocery shopping time, or wherever you're at listening to this podcast. If you're still listening, we would love for you to help us fund the next season. You can sign up for a membership and get early access and other perks at Buy Us a Coffee. That link's in the show notes. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and all the other cool positive things for this episode. That's free to do and works miracles for podcast teams like us. Shout out to the Season 2 crew floor and creative director ryan l moses that's me host and producer elijah hedrick director alex bolton videographer melvin lassiter editor ian rompershad audio engineer clark moeller graphics tyler blankenship photography gordy michael guest liaison max ross gopher jai hedrick intern shiloh tillman special thanks to tyler shearsmith theme music by ant the symbol Remember, listen local, make it global. Here are VA. We out.